Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Ahoy there, Ian Ahoy there. and listeners, and uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> now this story. Let's let let's get this out the way immediately. I all and the reason I chose this story is I always have fond memories of this story. Old Bruce going over the top and the silliness of it, but uh, watching it again, um, I'd forgotten just how dull so much of it is. Yeah, this I remember this one from the first time round, and, and remember loving it, and always thinking, oh, I can't wait for the Target novelization to appear. Ha! It never happens. Um, and I, I just remember loving the the captain in it and the polyphase Avatron. And, but yeah, you're right. Watching it, watching it now as as a you know a Doctor Who fan and. You, you, you know other dramas and stuff like that. Yeah, it's incredibly slow. Yes, yes. Um, and also, <clears throat> as, as we'll go through it, we'll, we'll do it. It's, it's other than one or two performances, it's incredibly poorly acted. It's to and the point where, Yeah, some people I don't think are acting. I, don't, I think they just turned up, read their lines. I mean, we were, we were criticising the, the Metabilis 3, uh, folk, but they were doing mad stuff. But at least they were doing something. Yeah, the, the, these guys don't seem to be acting much. Mm-hmm. Now, what the listener doesn't know is uh, we've got a bit of a tight time frame tonight for me. I've, have, got, yes. I, I've got to go out, and hopefully we're going to be all right. But if that means jettisoning any talk about the Mentiads or any time the camera moves away from our adversary or um, yes. well, or the Doctor. What can we describe in those scenes? Uh, some people in cloaks walking across a field. Oh, it's some people in cloaks walking across a field again. Oh, it's some people in cloaks walking across a field. Um, this is weird because, uh, as you know, I, I adore Douglas Adams. I think he was a genius. He was a lovely man. Um, but I don't think he was particularly suited to Doctor Who. Um, and, and it's weird in this, watching it, because this, this was... This was done before, or roughly at the same time as he was writing the first radio series yes. of Hitchhiker. And you can see so many jokes migrating from this script into Hitchhikers. So many of the planet yeah. names are yes, yeah, very, very close as well. Bit, bits of it are pure Douglas Adams, but um, my understanding is that Douglas Adams, world-renowned for being a man who uh, just ignored deadlines... <laughs> It's not that he missed them. He, he, you know, he quite enjoyed watching them sail away into the distance. Uh, this was heavily rewritten by, um, uh, I think, uh, Anthony Reed. I think was the script editor at that point. Yes. Um, because the original story was much more Douglas Adams convoluted, which just baffles. Because this is a, although not a lot happens on screen, this is a fairly, a fairly good 
convoluted sci-fi plot. It's, it's, when you're watching it, and you, once you've woken up from the Mentiad bits, the actual plot is really interesting, really clever stuff, but pretty much mishandled at every step. Mm. Um, and this is also, we're right at the height of the the public perception of Doc 2 as being wobbly sets, cheap effects, terrible acting. Yep. Um, which sort of sums up season 16 and 17 really yep. i say with one or two exceptions um which i'm sure i'm sure we'll come to as we reach them yeah i've said before you know that at this time you know uh, when this was aired season yep. 16 and 17 i was at college and um there was a guy there called tom gibbons and he was a a, a, a died in the wall Star Trek fan that couldn't yeah. uh, stand Doctor Who, and every time I'd go in on a Monday, he oh, had seen Doctor Who, and it, and, it, and he was holding up things yeah. like this to ridicule, and there wasn't yeah. really much I could uh, say in its defence. No, it was when, when you're that sort of age, the defence of campy fun doesn't work, does it? No, um, no. It, yeah, I, I remember. Like I say when I was when I was a kid watching this uh this was what 78 78 yes yeah september october so i was 10 i'm probably the perfect age for it Mm. didn't didn't spot the dull bits enjoyed all the performances see i was 16 so that's the worst age at at 16 i remember hating this not that i watched it because you couldn't watch it but you know my my teenage fan years were there was no such thing as vhs and so you couldn't watch it, you couldn't read it, so you went on your vague memories and fan perception. And fan perception is, it's an awful story with a terrible over-the-top central character. It's rubbish. Um, and I don't think it is. Well, shall we talk about him? Yeah, let's talk about let's him. Let's talk yeah. about him, shall we? Captain, sir. Yes. Speak, Mr. Fibulae. Uh, the psychic interference transmitter, sir. There seems to be something counter-jamming it. What? We dematerialize in three minutes. All guards on alert. Someone is using a counter-jamming frequency projector. Find it and destroy it immediately. Captain, do you suppose any of the guards know what a counter-jamming frequency projector looks like? Destroy everything! Okay, then, so... Polystyrene city with roll-on deodorant buildings. That's yeah, what I've, I've got, written. <clears throat> I've got terrible model. Mm. Your, yours is more uh, poetic. <laughs> but yeah, the, the 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 model of the town and then the model of the uh, the, the bridge is pretty awful. Yep. Um, film again, and we'll, this will happen in almost every scene. Filmed wrongly. It's filmed on video. Uh, it's done close up it's not big enough for this sort of style of model but the, the budget had run out uh, completely and yeah um some bits look terrible we're not there yet because we've got we've got this yeah bit of ropey model and uh straight away we have him our adversary yes. of the week well his arm we yeah. we get the gradual reveal don't we bit yes. by bit yeah. um we hear him though calling for mr fibuli mr fibuli yeah, yeah where is that nincompoop he goes um yeah. not subtle this not not subtle at all um and like i say as a teenager i couldn't take non-subtlety um, but as a kid, and now as uh, uh, fast into my second childhood, 
Um, I, I love it. I love I love the captain. I, I started writing down all his sayings, and I got I did the first couple, and I gave up because yeah. <laughs> he does almost every everything. Every set, uh, every word is a is a sort of curse or a moons of madness. Yes. And, um, <laughs> he seems obsessed with this sky demon, doesn't he? Yes. We, we we should see if we can um, you know stick some of his sayings into everyday conversation. We should do, yes. When at yeah. work or wherever. I can yeah. imagine that in a in a thing. It's like uh, by the moons of madness, your code has bugs in it. Because yeah, you've got you've work. got to say it in a roaring voice. There's oh, yeah. no point in like you know uh, quietly um, Hannibal Lecter whispering well, lines yeah, like that's, that. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Because some some sometimes with a villain. You could read a script and you could either do it in a Brian Blessed way or you could do it in a, you know, Tony Hopkins and a Hannibal Lecter. Can you imagine this whispered? Yeah. Moons of Madness, where is that link? It just wouldn't work. No. And, and of course, you know, Bruce was a very much a Shakespearean shouting in the afternoon actor, wasn't he? Oh, he, boy, was he. Was, and boy, does his, he here. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Um, almost, almost every bit of an entertainment in this story derives from either him or Mary Tam. Mm. Everything else is pretty shoddy and subpar. Um, but we also then see his uh, his sort of uh, little pet. His polyphrase... Um, is it Avraton? Polyphrase? Avaton, Avaton. Polyphrase Avaton? Yeah. Um, I remember at the time loving this. I thought this was so clever. And I remember as a sort of a, a, a teenage fan trying to build one, and I never really got round to it. It looks horribly cheap now, doesn't it? It looks well shoddy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, also shoddy is the uh, kit sprue on its chest. Yeah, just stuck on its chest. Yeah, I I, I lament the passing of the Eagle Transporter Forum um, modelling yeah. site. Uh, it's gone like because there was a guy on there he was prolific in making his props and he did make the parrot oh, and he did a bloody good job and did, I, did I think the right bit of spray. yeah I think it took a lot of searching but I think in the end they did find out what kit oh, that wow. bit of sprue is from oh that's dedication for you yes yeah some might say madness but we'll go with dedication when you first see the parrot because um, yeah. I'm not going to keep saying we'll that, that Polly, Polly. When yeah Polly. when you first see Polly uh, it was supposed to say pieces of silicate. Was it? Oh, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I think it was yeah. trimmed because they thought, no, that's just pushing it a bit too yeah. far, the silliness. Yeah, because there's, other than a few references to piracy to, to make the title work, this really has nothing to do with pirates or anything, is it? This is a bit like the space pirates. Is They, they bunged it on. As a as a sort of name, but no one other than the captain, no one else is acting as if this is a pirate vessel. Um, my other my other thing that I think um, people of a certain uh, mental temperament will enjoy is the guards' helmets. Oh, yes, they're they're a bit knobbish, aren't they? Uh, they are rather, yeah. but so is the uh, the top of the old old Polly there. That's all yes, a bit yeah, no, true, as yeah. well. Yeah, very strange. Um, and then finally we meet. Um, he comes in, Mr. Fibuli. Yep. Who to give his uh, report? Give his report. Um, and he, I, I quite like him. I, the guy was. I think he was in a lot of sitcoms and stuff. Wasn't yep. he, the actor. But yeah, he's he's sort of balancing out. He's the he's the straight man to the captain, isn't he? Yep. In this, in sort of you know double act, um, they work well together. I think. 
Yeah. Um, but we, we then meet the absolute blocks of wood that are the population. All seven of them. He yeah, goes, now hear seven. this, now hear yeah. this. He's going to, he's going to, that, that, they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to have a golden age of prosperity yeah. again. And the, the, the civilization is represented by about seven people yeah. in the yeah. most unconvincing town square. It's literally three walls, isn't it? Three yeah. walls. And it's the only bit we ever see, the only bit we ever in, in. It's so low cost. Well, you either but have that or yeah. you have South Wales. Or South Wales, yeah. yeah. I love it when he goes, uh, it's about the Golden Age, and they go, huzzah. Mm. It's like, that was the best take. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we have the Mentiads are. Um, are introduced at this point. That yes. basically uh, the tomorrow people, aren't they? Yeah, you, you have a coming out thing. They're this absolute. I mean, these are so boring in any sci-fi. This is the uh, the the telepath secret sect that at a certain age you reach uh, telepathic maturity. Um, but they do nothing until like the last episode, and then they do bugger all. They could be cut out of this completely. They make no sense. They are just but, so yeah, boring. It, they are um, just so boring. So boring. And then, well, normally, one of the highlights of a Doctor Who show is we cut to the TARDIS, but they can't even afford a set for the storeroom. I have it's, got... It's unbelievable. ...the cheapest fridge ever. I yeah. can't believe that they used that... that I'm, I'm assuming it's a fridge. It's got yeah, a big, it like... Yeah, like an old, an old caravan fridge or something. Yeah, that's, that's a, the best you can do. In a blacked-out room. Yeah. They couldn't even build a set. They couldn't even do a brick wall or something. It is so bad. I'm stunned that Mary Tam said that this was her favourite of her stories. I'm stunned does, by it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, perhaps it was she for different reasons that she enjoyed making it. You know, it might have been the got on well with the cast. Yeah, or yeah. Something like that. Because she doesn't do a huge amount. She gets some nice little bits. She gets to be the doctor for most of I've got it written down. Oh, nice. yeah. Roma, Romana becomes the doctor. Yeah. And the doctor becomes the stooge. Yes, because I think we ha we have to address the elephant in the room. Um, Tom Baker is awful mm. in this. Um, the, this is such a weird story because we we all know the stories of like uh, horror fang rock where he didn't get on with the director, so he would purposefully mistime his moves and stop in the wrong place just to, and it's so unprofessional to annoy the director and try and catch the camera people out yeah. it's just if you're bored with the role leave don't, yeah. don't mess about with other professionals um and in this one it feels the same because every single bit of his performance is mistimed or misdone to the point where it can't be an accident he's got someone's pissed him off and he's it's not good, is Mucking it? About. No. It's not good, and it, that is clumsy. How they explain the uh, the the cut to his mouth with this oh, clumsy yeah. pratfall onto the console. Yeah, because Tom Baker had been uh, annoying a, a dog in a pub. Apparently, he tried kissing yeah. it. Yeah, well, it <laughs> How drunk do you have to be? Oh, but man. when you think, oh, that dog over there, I'm going to give there's, it a snog. It's another one of those uh, classic stories that gets embellished every time Tom Baker said it, wasn't it? So, but yeah, a dog, for whatever reason, <laughs> probably because he was acting like an idiot, uh, bit his lip almost off, and he's got a massive cut. And yeah, to, to cover it up, he bumps slightly into the console. Yeah. Um, 
but it doesn't help because he had it before we bumped into the console. Yeah, I, I like more of the fact that towards the end of the shooting of this story, it had healed, so the makeup girl had to paint. Yeah, to paint it on. That painted on. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, and again, uh, more, more budget stuff. They, uh, the Romana is doing the, the bit that they ripped off for um, River Song, where. Uh, Romana knows how to pilot TARDIS better yep. than the Doctor, but this is done really wittily now. But the, she's got a TARDIS book, and they they show it in closer, and it's just handwritten ballpoint uh, yeah. pages. It's so on bog paper. When yeah. he rips those pages out, that, 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 that that's like the old bog paper you used to get on uh, British Rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, smearing paper. Yeah, wax, <laughs> wax toilet paper. What was that all about? Yeah, I, uh, I put my next note is that I put everything is a bit tacky, and then why is canine spinning? Oh. Uh, why, I, yeah. I think it said it's because canine senses Polly. That oh, literally right. puts him in a spin. It's, oh, is there's another robot was? animal oh, near him. God, that's. That's, um, again, no subtlety whatsoever. Uh, but, yeah, and again, I don't like... I don't like the way Tom acts with K-9. You know what I mean? It's, it's, none of it is believable. No. Mary Tam seems to have a really good sort of way of acting with the prop and John Leeson's voice. But this is... Tom Baker seems to be taking the piss the entire time. Yeah. Um... It, it, it's so, so strange to watch. But Roman, Romana gets a lot to do. I mean, when yeah, they, yeah, they land, uh, that's silly as well. You know, nobody will talk to the Doctor, but they will talk to <laughs> Romana. Yeah. She even I gets do, the yeah. line, would you like some jelly babies? Yeah. Um, that annoys me as well, because no, they're not jelly. Well, they are in, in this first scene, they're jelly babies, but then later on, they're not jelly babies. They're uh, liquid all sorts. Liquid all sorts. It's yeah. like, mm. Um I quite like the joke, and I imagine, I wonder if it annoyed Tom Baker, was where um, he asked Canine, why are they talking to Romana? And he said, Romana's pretty, and you're not. And I like, <laughs> he goes, is she? Yeah. <laughs> and then for some reason, I can't remember, this must be the dad of the, of the guy that's becoming... Yeah, Ajax, or whatever his name was. Yeah. 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 Pri- Pri- I don't know what his name is. Um, I've put in the thing, why, 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 why? And it's like, <laughs> who's that? Yeah, that's terrible acting. Because this entire family we meet, they're all shit, aren't they? Yeah. Dad is awful. Like he's wandered in from a. I told a you, he, he reminds me of the guy from Black Adder who. Yes, yeah, with Tom, yeah. you've got to become yeah. a prostitute. It's that level of acting. Yeah, it's it's Mickey taking acting. Then you've got the daughter who's like you say, Amdram. Yeah. She's she's shouting to the back rows because you know it's her chance to shine. And then you've got the. The daughter's boyfriend, or whoever he's meant to be, that comes in, um, who's not putting any effort in whatsoever. Uh, so, just, it yeah. is so dull. It is so. Do you think it's another boring. case of the actors turn up and they look at the sets and they see how Tom Baker's doing it and they just give up? Mm, might be. Yeah, Their hearts aren't in it. Yeah, but. yeah. All right, so, I mean, from those dollars dishwasher people, yeah. he finds out about the captain, doesn't he? Yes. Um, I've then put awful guards falling over when shot by canine, oh, yeah. and the doctor's zapped by the Mentiads. That's the end of yeah, episode the, one. The, the Romana gets kidnapped by the guards, um, and then uh, yeah, the doctor, the, the Mentiads come in, and 
Tom Baker is not taking it seriously at all. Uh, and that it's one of these where the Doctor gets mentally zapped by him, leans against a wall and then just carries on. It's like, what? what's that meant to have done? Mm. He, yeah, so he gets he gets knocked unconscious in the episode, thankfully. Uh, is that the episode ending? Yeah, I think yeah. he yeah. slides down the wall. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, episode two, um, the captain's no longer shouting. He's he's more quiet now. And we get our, our, our first view of the proper villain of the piece, old Nursey in the background. Because yeah. we, didn't, we didn't see her in um, episode one, did no, we? No, no, she's just there. All of a sudden, um, she's just there. Yeah, we get, we get some nice... I mean, everyone moans at Bruce Purchase. He's over the top in this. But he actually gets some really nice sort of acting scenes where he's talking to Mr. Fibuli and saying about the ship he used to do and when he used to mm. be an engineer. It's all lovely. It's really nicely done. Very sort of pathos to it. Um, but it's just, yeah, everyone just thinks he's shouting. Yeah. Well, he does shout when he does the whole failed, failed, yeah. failed and, you know, yeah. Polly gets to attack in a dodgy bit of yeah. CSO. Um, and talking about dodgy CSO, that's when we've got Romana in an air car. That's pretty bad. Yes. And then... I just, I just, just on that previous scene, though, just before we move off, this is like, this is going to, bear with me, this is going to get in almost Inception-like. Because the reason that Doctor Who was looking like this and trying to do this sort of thing was Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Star Wars had come out. And they said you got to do more of these. You got to do this. So the 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 officers in this are wearing quite obvious Mickey takes or, or homages to the Empire. The yep. you know grey grey uniforms, double breasted, uh, long boots, and weirdly, so it's it's copying Star Wars. But then in a sort of Inception way, Empire Strikes Back copies this story. Because you've got a half-mechanical, hmm. deranged boss who lines up on, on a ship all his grey-clad officers and then has one killed because he failed. This is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. It's so... It's like... Did, were they... Was Erwin Kirshner watching this going, Oh, we could do that. <laughs> well, George, they did George, do it better. I got, I got a great idea. We, we'll have a mechanical parrot. <laughs> Oh, good lord. Uh, what we've got... Oh, I've, I've, I've written next. Oh, dear lord. The Doctor and the Drip. I can't remember oh. his name. At the corridor. That move-in walkway. Oh, well, before thing. before that, though, we get another... Which I presume is, is left over from a quiz show. We get the speedboat. Oh, yes. The, so the, the captain's air, boat. Yeah, the captain's air car. Does <laughs> the captain ever go, why is someone else using it? The captain's air car. But it's just a speedboat on a trailer. Yeah. No effort is put in, really, to, to disguise that. And we get this ludicrous scene where Tom Baker distracts the guard with some licorice all sorts. And he chucks the bag, but then we're expected to believe that all they all line themselves up round the corner. It's worse than that, because before he chucks the bag, he bites a pin... Yeah, like a it, hand like, grenade. Like yeah. he's pulling the pin out of a hand grenade. Yeah, pure, pure nonsense. But yeah, then we get some dodgy CSO, and they, they travel to uh, a quarry in Wales. Yeah. 
um, where they find a Blake 7 uh, bit of prop sticking out of the hill, which mm-hmm. is a doorway, uh, which the Doctor opens in a in a kind of just a embarrassing way. And then we get this uh, low inertia corridor. Oh dear. Um, it's weird to think that that uh, the stuff we got in airports now was sci-fi in '78. It, oh no, it, it, it's just, it's cheap and it's horrible, um, and I don't like it. Um, when the Doctor and Romana, they go to the engine room, again, yeah. you don't believe for one second that that's an engine room. No. It, it's a power station. Yeah, it was a nuclear power station, wasn't it? Or yeah. Is it the same one that uh, Season 2, Blake 7 was in? Oh, it could be. Yeah, it could well be. I think it um, is, isn't it? Yeah, it's literally just a, a power generator that they've put some prop computers in front of. Yes. Not good. No, no. Um, and also, though, I mean, that, that evokes Blake 7. The guards' costumes, the the black and the studs, that's very yeah. Avon Season 4 as it well. It is, yeah. I could see Avon wearing this, minus the uh, knob helmet. Um, <laughs> I did... There was one, um, one line, which I think is pure Douglas Adams that I actually laughed at, where... Um, the, the 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 drip goes. Um, uh, it was an economic miracle, and Tombeg goes. It was an economic miracle. Of course, it was wrong. Mm. Um, and it was like, I like that. I was like, okay, that's Douglas Adams. Um, but yeah, the <coughs> the um, uh, the Mister Fibuli and the, the the captain them watching from that balcony. I don't know. I just I. I it just, I lost it at that point. It's like, well, this is so cheap. It is. I mean, I, I'm sure that's a coal mine, some of that, that filming in a coal yeah, mine as well. Be, yeah, Yeah, because the, the doctor doctor works out that the, the planet, the, the mines are all automatic. So they go down in, yeah, what is obviously a, a North Wales coal mine. Uh, but they go down three miles and then find this icy... So, I mean, none of it looks icy. No. They keep saying... It's so icy. It's like it's not icy. You're not slipping. Yeah, you're not slipping about. Um, and the doctor works out that this is Califrax. Yes. Um, because they've been talking about how Califrax was a uh, an icy planet. Yep. But it's like, don't don't tell us. Show us. Yeah. Yeah. That that they realise that the planet is hollow. The planet is actually yeah. jumping through space, arrives around a planet, and then breaks it up. Yeah. Doesn't it? Which is quite quite an interesting idea, I think. It's quite a good sci-fi idea. Yeah, but it's represented by a coal mine yeah. and a power station. And, uh, again, lines that would end up appearing in Hitchhiker when the, the doctor's walking with the guards and he's saying to them, uh, must be a tedious business, you know, lots of stomping about and shouting, that, that's nicked straight and put into uh, Ford Prefect's mouth. Yep. Um, it's like, oh... Did it, did did you think no one would notice? Perhaps he thought no one would ever watch this again. I, I, maybe it did put people off. Maybe it yeah. really did. Um, episode three, I've put appalling acting the girl with canine. I don't remember yeah. it, but I've written it down. Appalling acting the girl with canine. Yeah, so the doctor had sent the, the appalling girl and canine down to the mines. And there's a really weird bit where... She's talking to K9, and uh, 
he's saying, uh, I detect the doctor and company are coming, blah, 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 and she's really wooden. And then the doctor appears and he goes, uh, are you amazed to see me, canine? And he mm. goes, yes, I'm amazed. Like, you were literally just talking about how he was coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's not mm. good, is it? It's and not the video good. effects uh, of the gunfight with the guards oh. is just awful. Just terrible. It terrible is a good word for for for, yeah. for this. Yeah, um, we have the, the the scene of the captain and Mister Fibuli, um, and then we hear straight after that the doctor hears, you know, the captain's origins. He crashed on the planet, yeah, really badly injured, and he was patched back up. But by who? Well, I'm presuming it's um, Nursey. Yeah, Nursey, Queen Zanxia. But that would have been years yeah. before, and, you know, yeah. she's like a holo holographic projection. At least she would have been if it had been years ago. So how does that work? Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand why they patched him up. Um, the, the only thing I can think of is, because everyone else on this planet is technologically an idiot, and I wonder if he... You know, but this doesn't make sense again, because how did they patch him up? He he crash lands on with a in an obviously ahead of the planet spaceship, and he must have shown knowledge that the Queen thought this. I need this guy. I need this knowledge because he's meant to be the captain's meant to be like uh, an absolutely genius engineer, isn't he? Yes, That's what he was, um, sort of Mister Scotty type, uh, you know, miracle worker. Um, but who? Yeah, who patched him up? Yeah. Yeah, and how long they have they been yeah. doing this for? Yeah, I don't know. They could, you could have had a in a in a slightly better scripted one. You could have had, you know, a little bit where it's like where he's talking to the the doctor and saying, you know, when I crashed, I was barely alive, but I was alive enough to talk them through hmm. salvage, you know. And he did it, and it was like that would be really good. But you're meant to expect that these utter bumbling peasant stock people created. A cybernetic half man, half cyborg no. that doesn't actually look like any of the other technology we see in this show. No, no. Well, I mean, we'll talk about his design and and the effectiveness of, of yes, it all yeah. um, um, later on. But uh, no, I mean, I think it, in the original script, uh, Douglas Adams had it that he was like two hundred years old, you know. And yeah. really, it's the technology augmentation that he's got that's keeping him alive. Wasn't he in the original script? Wasn't he meant to be a time lord as well? Oh, that was, was the original to, version yeah. of of the story. Yeah, yeah. It sort he, of makes a bit more sense if he was a time lord, crashed, you know, repaired himself, sort of thing. Yeah, that that could sort of work. Yeah, and also the uh, the roll on deodorant buildings, the control room, and all that. Oh, that oh. was meant to be a, yeah. his crash spaceship. He's buried yes. in the mountain, you know? Yeah, he just, I can't remember what he called it, the Ventrax or something like that. Mm. Yeah, it's meant to be, he's, this is all salvage. But everyone sort of acts as if this has been going on for all of living history, you know, mm. that this has always been in their lives. No one says, oh, this is a, started last year. Yeah. Um, They've so always done it, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, maybe that's a throwback to uh, you know the fact he's meant to be two hundred years old, and you know everyone on that planet has always known it since they yeah. since they were born. But, yeah, we also find out that the um, the doctor finds the Queen Zanxia's a proper body, 
Um, and this, literally, this entire plot is a throwaway joke in Hitchhikers, where they say that um, when the president was the president of the galaxy, or you know, the ruler of the galaxy, the emperor was on his la on his last breath, they froze him in a time loop, yeah. so that uh, all his heirs died off, and that gets rid of your monarchy. Uh, so that you can take over without worrying about civil wars and things like that. And it's like a literally a one-paragraph joke. Mm. But here, it's the main plot. Yeah. I love the fact the uh, the lady playing the, the, the ancient queen, uh, she yeah. demanded more money to take her teeth out. I don't blame her. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, imagine after this, she's not going to get cast as a romantic lead, is she? Uh, no. Um, I like that when <laughs> she sat there, this old lady, with her teeth out, in the background, they're acting well. They're, they're performing in front of her. She's sat in the back, just slapping her chops together and looking up at the ceiling and looking yeah. round. Yeah. You're meant to be in a bloody stasis. Bubble. She's meant to be suspended in time just before her death. Yeah, I don't think. And either this was a rehearsal, which could explain a lot, and they were they just filmed the rehearsal by mistake, or no one said to her, "Yeah, we're we're rolling now." <laughs> Um, before he meets her, though, we have the Doctor meeting the Captain. And, yes. uh, yeah, he shows him his trophy room. He has the yeah. remains of all of the planets that he's destroyed. Yeah, this, again, this is a nice scene. Because the Captain sort of recognises the Doctor isn't an idiot. He, he's sort of, compared to everyone else on this planet, he's intelligent. I mean, you wouldn't get this from the acting, but, but the story is that, yeah, he recognises that the Doctor's this fellow engineering genius so he's he's almost showing off and he's like yeah it's really nice little scene and then what is amazing is tom baker then tries to out purchase he, bruce he does and <laughs> um, by god it doesn't work they always show this in in like clip shows as an example of tom at his best i think it's embarrassing it's tom shouting yeah. Yeah. The whole appreciate it, appreciate it. What's it for? It's just shouting. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I can picture in the rehearsals them just trying to top each other. Yeah. You know, with the shouting. Um, yeah, it's <coughs> it's not good. But again, a very, very good idea, very good story that these are the, the crushed remains uh, of the planets that they've stolen all the cheap uh, costume jewellery from. Mm. Um, and the, the the captain is basically containing multiple black holes to generate them. Really, captain never goes anywhere. No, never goes anywhere. I love that the doctor says that if this power was ever released, it would destroy the planet. Well, it gets blown up later. Yeah, and doesn't do squat. So what? Yeah, yeah. Um, before uh, something else happens, uh, just before the Doctor meets the Queen, is we have the fight to the death between Canine oh, yes. and Polly. I loved this as a kid. I was like cheering this as a kid. Really? Watch it now is rubbish. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It is really, yeah. really bad. Oh dear. Yeah, you get this little triumphant music, and Canine trundles in with this dead Polly. What is really nice though, <laughs> which I never really did, is um, Bruce Purchase is really good. When he's upset. When he's lamenting yeah. his ex-parrot, yes. Yeah, my parrot is no more. It has ceased to be. <laughs> he's gone to meet met his maker. He's gone to meet his maker. He's joined the crowd invisible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, uh, that'd be good if the captain had been played by John Cleese in his uh, transparent Packamac. Yes, that would have been good. Yeah, and um, you're yeah. not an engineer. You're a naughty boy. And yeah, you know that's good. But then immediately after it, you've got the yeah. Doctor being forced to walk the plank. Yes, this this is awful. Is it? I don't know. This feels rushed. So yeah, for some reason, um, they've set up a plank outside of their main control room. So presumably they must bring all prisoners they want to kill into the control room. That's a bad move. Yeah. Um, but then Tom's not taking this seriously. He might have a point here because it's a stupid idea. Yeah, they, they make him walk the plank and he falls off. And then the nurse, uh, Mr. Feebly and the captain, turn around and do this sort of weird... <laughs> well, they're impersonating Tom's laugh because then Tom laughs. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to copy what Tom's doing because he's there. I don't understand the mechanics of this scene at all. This box that he's got that projects an image of himself. Yeah, this makes no sense. So uh, I did like the captain's got a clip gun. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was thinking, oh, this is a bit yeah. Blake 7. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if someone saw that and went, oh, hang on. Yeah. No, the weapons are actually nice in this one. I quite like it. Um, by yeah, Martin yeah. Bauer. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. well done. Yeah. Does good work. Uh, yeah, the doctor says, Oh, I found out your secret, Nursey. Um, you're a projection. And then he manages, but how's it work? How's he working it? Is this a recording or is he using Well, he talks abilities? to himself. Yeah. He talks to himself. They were all fooled by it, but for them to be fooled by it, the voice that was coming from this projection must be coming from the projection. Yeah. And what's projecting that? What's projecting that then? Um, so, so basically, it's it's the equivalent of the old Flash Gordon. We got to get out of this ending quick, and then yeah. not ever talk about it again. Because the Doctor says, "I can turn you off, uh, Nursey. You're just a projection," and he can't. And then we get some sort of techno babble where, because the because her psychic energy has been running for so long that her projection, which is bearing in mind projected from a light box, yeah. Has become solid and real. Yeah, she's nearly achieved corporal form. Yeah, she says. But it's it's a literally like it's a you know a, a 1900s shadow box thing, isn't yeah, it? magic lantern type yeah. affair. I, yeah, I don't know how that's uh, no, that's, that's happening at all. That's stuff. As is the I've written terrible three times. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Mentiads versus the guards. Yes. Yeah. We get. We get. Interminable fight scenes. We do find out that uh, Romana's a crack shot. Yeah, and she actually kills nice. that guy. Yeah, kills. No, not a qualm. So, yeah, mm. um, and then, because obviously everything's got to be tied back, because if, if the Earth isn't in peril, we won't have any yeah. uh, uh, any stakes in it. So they decide that they need some... Quartz. Mineral quartz, is it? Something for their, yes. their engines. And um, the only place they can get it is Terra. Yep. In the soul yeah. system. Yeah, which the Doctor works out is Earth. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Um, and weirdly, they've got seven minutes till it happens. Yes. It's got suddenly a deadline there. Where did that come from? We haven't um, said that Nursey has taken control. She effectively shuts yes. the captain down, doesn't she? Yeah, we get some rather nice stuff where it shows that he isn't, he isn't in control and he resents what's happening. Again, quite... Some quite subtle stuff going on. He fights on. it, doesn't he? Yeah, he tries yeah, to it's... overthrow this this control. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, 
the resolution of this story, I, I, I don't understand. I get the fact that the Doctor and Romana go in the TARDIS and they're going to try and materialise in the same place as the planet and one of them, it will disrupt more than the other, yes? Yeah, so when, when the doc, when at the beginning of the story, the, the planet was just materialising around Califrax as the TARDIS tried to land and it almost blew up the engines of the ship. Um, so the doctors now realise that the two can't materialise at the same time, um, but we never really get any like shots of him materialising on Earth or anything. No, it's just it's just talked about in the TARDIS, the awful TARDIS control room. Yeah, that looks shitty, doesn't it? It's yeah. so bad. We just get lots of explosions. Yeah, um, and and then find out that Mister Fibuli is dead. Yeah, Mister Fibuli is dead. And then the remains of Caliufrax yeah. is the second segment. They work that out, yeah. don't they? And, uh, yeah, because the tracer's going off all the time when they're stood on it. Mm. And then but, the captain finally breaks free from the hag, he calls her. Yes, and he tries to kill her, but she kills him. Yep. Um, which in, it, it's not the epic death. It's not, it's not the end of Return of the Jedi, is it, where the uh, Darth Vader throws the Emperor no, off the no. thing. It's and a what, bit low cut. What what happens to her? Because you know the Mentiads came come in. That drip shoots her. She vanishes. I was yeah. expecting her to appear, come back or whatever. But no, she's just gone. Yeah, I was expecting a cutaway shot of the old hag with her teeth out, crumbling to dust. Yes, yeah, something like we that. We get nothing. It's like so. As far as we're concerned, she's still alive. She's still in the stasis field. But yeah, on screen, she just disappears, and then instantly everyone's in the, ha ha ha, let's have a laugh and a joke, we've won, hurrah, type acting. Yeah. And it's like, you've, you've literally just ruined your planet, got rid of your entire form of government, so what's going to replace that? Yep. All your mentiads are dead. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hurrah. And it ends really weird. They just, like, turn yeah. around and Tom gives a thumbs up. Yeah. It... It, to me, it feels like, again, they were rushing towards 10 o'clock. Mm, like, just do something, just stick your fans up, that'll do. Yeah, we don't get any sort of scene of them going off to say, you know, walking back to the TARDIS and the, the boyfriend going, oh, what are we going to do now? And the doctor giving them some advice or anything. No, nothing. No. We, do, we don't even get a, uh, here's the second segment, yeah, do we? Put it in the fridge. Yeah. No. Presumably. No, no. The fridge was by that point full of milk in the BBC canteen again. <laughs> um, it's all very. Uh, it's all very tawdry, isn't it? Tawdry, that's a good tawdry. word. Yes. All right. Uh, behind the scenes, yeah. um, I've got some uh, some quotes regarding the special effects. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't that special. Well, um, let's have a look. Uh, Colin, uh, no, T Tony Oxley, one of oh, the right, uh, yeah, special yeah, effects yeah. guys. He says. Uh, <clears throat> Colin Mapson got in touch with me and asked if I would be interested in making a robot parrot to sit on the shoulder <laughs> of a futuristic pirate. Colin delivered some sketches as to what the bird should look like and told me about the functions which had to be included. The bird was operated through Bowden cables hidden beneath the costume of the pirate captain. I also made up a dummy canine for use in this and several subsequent stories. This lightweight copy of the dog was made with the specific intention of replacing the heavier functional version whenever an actor was required to pick canine up. Oh, and, right. okay. and I think they used it here in this story because it had to spin round and round. Yeah. And it's easier to do that with a, uh, 
uh, a lighter version. Right, that's quote number one. Quote number two, very lengthy quote from Colin Mapson, who was the you, you know head of uh, effects on the show. He says, um, da, 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 da. Peter Rag built built the miniature planets and all the versions of the model city. There were two bridge models of different sizes. The small one was for long shots and a larger, more detailed version for close-ups. Peter also copied and cast up two or three of the larger sized city in wax. These were for the city's destruction at the end of episode four. I did quite a few design sketches of the captain's bionics, which were then realized by my team of assistants. Charlie Lum made the mechanical head, whilst Chris Lawson and John Brace did the mechanical arm and chest unit. I, th I thought they did a superb job. Tony Oxley, an ex-member of visual effects turned freelancer, had made two versions of Polyphrase Avatron. One was a dummy and the other contained a complicated cable system for animating the head and wings. I based the head of the electronic parrot on the shape of a Trojan soldier's helmet. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then, have you heard this? I've heard this story before. We had a near disaster with one of the parrot props when it was inadvertently left behind at the end of the first studio session. I only discovered its absence when my crew had returned to the visual effects workshop at Western Avenue. In a panic, I rushed back to Television Center trying to get there before the studio was cleared for another production. Unfortunately, I didn't make it. The set removal team had assumed the forgotten prop was finished with, dumping it with all the other rubbish in one of the large bins outside the studio. Nobody could remember exactly which bin the TC6 rubbish had been put in, so we had to laboriously search all the bins until eventually we found and retrieved the missing parrot. Over the years, I've heard it suggested that the parrot was stolen, then hidden in a bin by the thief for later retrieval. I can see where the story emerged from, but the truth of the matter is that the parrot was simply forgotten about and then inadvertently dumped by somebody who didn't know what it was. No, no I've not heard that story. No? I've heard this similar for the uh, the Daleks in uh, uh, Destiny, but ah, right. they, uh, uh, that makes sense. I and just it, I can picture them him going to the BBC prop the the scene movers and going, "Where did you put the rubbish?" and then being totally unhelpful. It's like, oh, yeah. one of the bins. Yeah. yeah. And he also says, "I built one of the guns for the show, and then a freelance prop builder called Martin Bauer made several hey. more." Martin also made the ray projector prop used by the Doctor to avoid walking the plank. All right. Oh, that's good. I do like the weaponry of this. I think it looks it looks good. Definitely Star Wars inspired, but yeah, yeah. And then finally, we get from Peter Rag saying, uh, "What? Once again, I was an assistant, Colin Mapson, and I got allocated to build that." You're right. So as my phone fell off the cupboard. Okay. As long as it weren't the cat. No, no, cat. She's gone down for a tea. Okay. I'm um, bored with us talking about this. Yes, I know the feeling. I got <laughs> allocated to build the landscape model of the city and several versions of the bridge control centre. I had six weeks to sculpt, mould, and produce all the separate pieces. Knowing that the bridge miniature had to explode at the end of the story, I made a plaster mould from the first version I had built and cast up several wax copies. These wax versions were then hollowed out for the charges to be inserted. Wax versions are far safer to blow up because you don't get plastic shrapnel flying about the model studio. Does make sense. Um, I like what you said earlier about the that they built one uh, one less detailed model for long shots and one detailed for close-ups. Because there is one... One scene, I think it's in episode four, it might be episode three, where it cuts back to the bridge, and it's a really nice model. Yeah, it's all lit up and everything, yeah. isn't it? 
but we never see it again. No. So I'm, I wonder if they did like one shot with the nice model, and then everything else they used the less detailed one, even when they were doing close-ups. Because hmm. um, I, I, it really stuck out to me when I saw it. I was like, oh, oh what's that? And they refurbed it. Oh, we, no, we're back to this no. shitty one. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that's all the behind-the-scenes I've got. Um, so we have to talk about the pirate captain then. The captain. What do you it's think fiddly. of his look? What, um, we haven't really uh, talked about his look. I, I like it. It doesn't. It, what's weird is it doesn't match anything else we see. So if you saw him, and you went, you wouldn't go. He's from this planet, because it, nothing, nothing sort of looks like the rest of their technology. Well, you could explain that. He isn't from that planet. He could have been, you know, repaired and salvaged with bits from his ship, which would yeah, explain I it. I suppose. I mean, what they could have done is said uh, that he crashed there with his robot assistant and they merged both into one. You know, something like that to do. Mm. But I do, I, I agree with that, the guy that said that it, they did a great job. I think this, the, the design and look of the suit and the, the way it's built is top notch. It's probably the best thing in this show. I like it's the arm. It's made really well, yeah. It's very mean machine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it looks solid. It looks good. It does, doesn't look like the normal cardboard and tinfoil no. around the actor. And I like get. his helmet. I like the light-gathering yeah. acrylic over his yes. left eye. That, yeah. that was very good. But I, I don't like the red outfit. I don't like the, the fabric. I don't Parts. mind it. It's very uh, Blake Seven. Yeah, with, with all the yeah. studs. Silver studs generally don't look very good. Um, I mean, it's it's incredibly well made. I've seen it a few times in person uh, at Hlangoflin and the uh, the since gone Cardiff exhibition um, on a terrible dummy, just an awful dummy. But the the actual the build of it is really good and it's really nicely sewn and it's top quality like uh, velvet material mm -hmm. um, so they must have put a bit of money into it alright um, so what do you give it out of 10 budget uh, design wise out of 10 I, I really like it uh, I'm going to give it um, I'm going to give it an 8.5 and, and a half. I gave it a 7.5 yeah. right so that's an 8 and how effective is old Bruce um I, I'm I'm a bit biased here because I love Bruce in this role. I he's, better than Gola. He, oh yeah, Go, Gola is. Gola just doesn't work. I think when we did it, and if anyone's wondering who Gola is, um, go and listen. We'll put a link into the Blake Seven in character mm. episode. Um, in the Gola one, it doesn't really work because he's almost into pantomime uh, stupidity, and then we yeah. get that terrible fight scene. But in this, I, I really enjoy his performance. I think it's it's over the top in the right way. But then he does subtle stuff. It's really good. This is, I would say this is one of the better performances I've seen him in. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I like the captain. I like his relationship with Mr. Fibuli. Uh, I like the fact that he effortlessly uh, has more charisma than Tom Baker. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I think maybe Tom was realising this. I think, yeah, I think possibly people were going, oh, look, Tom's not the loudest person on the set anymore. Um, I've seen people say that it would have been better with Brian Blessed, but no, I don't I don't think so. Look at, at Kaunas when Brian Blessed played mm. him. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like him. I don't know where... I can't give him a 10. I can't... I don't, I, 
I, I'm going to give him a... Give him a nine. 10 if you want. Could I give him a 10? Okay, I'll give him a 10. I'll give him a 10, because I, I thoroughly enjoy his performance. I like his look. I like the way he's playing it. I even like all his mental curses. <laughs> They're just mad. Like I so say, he's obsessed with the Sky Demon. I, I'd love to know who the Sky Demon was. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I'm going to give him a 10. Yeah, okay, well, I'm giving him a 9. I'm not going quite that far, but I'll give him a nine because I think he's really good. He is yeah. by far the best thing in this story. hundred oh, percent. And I tell you, I tell you what, I would love to have seen. You know, because can you imagine this? If you had um, the pirate captain meeting Babe and the Butcher. Oh God! Yeah. There now, there there's a clash I would want to yeah. see. You know, or even the pirate captain meeting Colin Baker's Doctor. Yeah. Would have fitted in really well. You imagine the pirate. Captain instead of Drathro. In, oh, that uh, would have improved things. That would, yeah. It, every story needs a, a touch of uh, Bruce in it, I think. It needs a bit of Brucey. Um, also, but also the, 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 the polyphrase Avaton, I mean, we could have just had that somewhere in the background on Blake 7, just on a shelf yeah. somewhere, you know? Yeah. Perhaps we should start a rumour that it actually is. It's in there. <laughs> we said it, so it must be yeah. true. Must be true. Um, yeah, I think... I, I suppose that's the thing. I could see this character in Blake 7. I know we almost got it in Gola, but I could see this guy working for the the Cosa Nostra. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. I mean, I suppose he is. He is a less sophisticated Travis. He is season four Blake Seven. He's not season oh, yeah, one yeah, or no, two. No, no, season no, no, four. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can yeah, see if, him in if, it. If if Travis would have come back in season four, he would have looked like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that gives us a final adversary rating of eight point seven five for the That's pirate captain, good. which is very high. Yeah. And he is in a caravan, and he will be shouting down the war chief. Oh, okay. That yeah. That so you've got one, one that is. Uh, I know the war chief was um, Edward Brayshaw, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think the security chief. And so you got one whispering and one shouting. I think, yeah, I think they would end up shouting at each other about who's doing the dishes. Yeah. But also coming between them and maybe stopping that fight, we have first version of Eldred. Oh, right. Yeah, she would put them in their place. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, weirdly, can you imagine that caravan if it was the second version of Eldred? Shouty Eldred. Oh, my God. That would have been, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you'd have moved away if you lived near Yeah, yeah, but Shelty Al, Eldred is nowhere near 8.75, he's somewhere near is, the bottom. Yeah, and the, yeah, he's more like 0.75. Uh, the trouble is as well, the captain is very keen on, um, on uh, grabbing minerals, mm. and poor old female Eldred is almost oh. all minerals. Yeah, she might be part mm. quartz. Yeah, oh, she's going to have to watch herself around him. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and that's done. done. That's not in your top ten stories, is it? No, the story itself is—it's um, just—it's dull. You're right. It's for for all these outlandish things in it. Unfortunately, the vast majority of the story is either Tom mugging to the camera or people wandering across a field in Wales. Yeah, I can open my window and see half of that. Yeah, you know. But no, the, if you're watching it, watch the captain bits fast forward. Yeah, that's what that's I feel like doing. Yeah. 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 Okie doke. All right, that's uh, that. That's Tom done with. So we've got to move on to old Peter. Peter, yeah. I was um, I was trying to think of a hint for this one, mm. but I think my hint would be so esoteric and aimed purely at me that 
I don't think you'll get it, but I'll give it, I'll give it a go. Um, so the adversary this time is a place. And if I said to you the phrase liquid engineering, what would that mean? I don't think you'll get it because I think it's so weirdly warped to my way of thinking. Well, liquid engineering, that's what they used to call a type of oil, car oil. Yes, and what was that oil called? Um, Castrol. Castro and what? Castro Yay! Oh, there we go. There we go. I thought I, I was, I was thinking I'll say that and you'll get it. And I thought no, you won't, because I'm the only one that th whenever I see Castro Valva, I think Castro GTS. <laughs> <laughs> That's an obscure reference. That is. Oh, I'm glad I got it. Yeah, I'm glad no, well I got done. it. I'm, yeah, I think give yourself ten points. Well, this is this is going to be interesting conversation for us then, because I haven't seen it since transmission. I've never Ooh, owned it wow. on videotape or DVD. Oh, you don't own it now? No. Wow. No. no. Peter Davison's first. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get onto uh, Amazon straight away. I, yeah, I've got a feeling I watched it and it's like, yeah. No, he, he's he's not he's not the fourth, and you know I lost interest. And, yeah, I, yeah, I think it'll be interesting because I haven't watched it that often. I think the last time I watched it was when the DVD came out. Um, and it's one of those stories where I remember thinking bits of it were really good and bits of it were just tedious. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, is it, is it more boring than the Mentiads? Perhaps the Mentiads... That will be, be our gauge from now on. Yeah, yeah. I, is it as bad as the Mentiads? Um, that'll be interesting, actually that you haven't seen it um, not since transmission wow because we're getting very thin on uh, Peter Davison stories yeah the ones left yeah there's not many left um, but hopefully we'll get a bit of fun out of it and okay. of course it's got Adric in it so and we, we, we like Adric don't we oh we love him yeah he cheers us up he would have fitted in with the Mentiads he would have oh yeah. Adric yeah yeah 100% I think Tegan could have gone with the captain they could have shouted at each other but yeah I can imagine uh, Adric wanting and thinking the Menchads were pretty cool. You know, oh, yeah, I could I could wear a hooded robe and wander about Wales. We have enough of that with the bloody Druids. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Okay. All right. Good well, stuff. I'm I'm off to Am Amazon now. So. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, it'll be in a week's time. We've had a gap, haven't we, of a week? Because I've yes. been working late, but I've got two weeks now of doing earlies. So uh, this one and the next one will be so a week apart. We're back on schedule. We're back on schedule. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Ian. Good stuff. No problem. See Thanks, you next Ian. time. Bye bye. Bye.